If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is The Look Ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas as we talk about week five in the NFL, an exciting weekend in college football. And yeah, you know, hockey and basketball are just right around the corner. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Sunday Night Football was very exciting, but also very boring at times. Why? Because we had a lengthy weather delay that we had to sit through, basically an extended halftime that we had to wait until the conclusion of the Bills and the Chiefs, but the Buffalo Bills solidify themselves as the team to beat in the AFC. Uh, the Chargers might have something to say about that, but right now the Bills 38-20 victory over the Chiefs. They improved to 4-1, and one, and an interesting tw- trend that was highlighted during the Sunday Night Football broadcast is that the Bills have now had a halftime lead in 14 straight games. That's not saying that they've covered the first half spread in 14 straight, but they have won the first half on the money line in 14 straight games. So some of these games, the spread is high at the first half, so the money line is high. But if the money line is low, it's certainly a good value play, and the trend is there because the Bills have had a lead at the half in 14 straight games. Well, let's take a look back at what we saw here on this Week 5 Sunday and some of the takeaways. The Cardinals, they are 5-0 and for the first time since 1974. What a performance from Kyler Murray as they defeat Trey Lance and the 49ers. And the 49ers, 
five and a half point dogs were one of the top consensus picks in the Circa Millions contest. And full disclosure, it was one of my Circa picks. I tweeted it out. You follow me at Scott's on air. Uh, my five picks, three of them won today. So we were three and one. I have the Ravens on Monday night. So three and one, but I could have been four and oh because the 49ers had so many chances to cover or win this football game. They lose 17 10. They they fail to cover the five and a half. There was a moment where Trey Lance was stopped at the goal line. Tough play. It's, you know, ducking his head and really, you know, going all out for his team. But the ball, the, I'm surprised this wasn't reviewed longer. Because for, from my understanding, it's as long as any portion of the football touches any portion of the white of that goal line, it's going to be a touchdown. And it looked like from some angles that there was a little bit of that ball over that line. It's why I think the NFL is much as they've done, as great as they uh, job as they've done, putting the cameras and the pylons and whatnot, it would be cool if there was some sort of, you know, microchip technology or something in the football. You laser grid the, the football field and we're stopped using chains to measure first downs and we could know. Like goal line technology in soccer, we can, we can find out if any portion of that football touched any portion of that goal line. Uh, that's neither here nor there. He was short of the goal line. He turned. They turned the football over on downs. Um, then there was a point they were covering in the uh, second half. It was 10-7, and they had multiple opportunities to get it done. They turned the ball over on downs twice in that second half, and then the Cardinals get the late touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and, you know, 17-7, the 49ers do get a field goal, but they do not get the football back. They lose 17-10, and so the Cardinals cover. They are 5-0. and oh. The total definitely goes under. It was 48-and-a-half. Trey Lance at times looked good. Um, you know, he looked okay. That fourth and goal stop was just huge. I, I wish that, you know, he kind of took a different approach to that goal line run, but what are you going to do? So the Cardinals are 5-0 and oh for the first time since 1974. Uh, I mentioned the performance by Kyler Murray, which was just, you know, unbelievable. He becomes the third player in NFL history now with 1,500 passing yards and 75% completion percentage in the first five games of a season. The other two players that have done that in NFL history, Peyton Manning in 2013, Drew Brees in 2018. So that is a, just an incredible uh, a company for Kyler Murray. The biggest story, though, of the day has to be the kicking. 12 extra points missed throughout the course of this NFL Sunday. And I tweeted this out, and I think it is. The NFL moving back the extra point, is that the greatest rule change in sports? And there have been other sports that have adjusted with the times. You know, the the NBA used to not have goaltending, used to not have three in the key. They put those in for, well, you know, different reasons and different players, right? Will Chamberlain and all that stuff. So they put in goaltending. They put in three in the key. You know, they're, they're constantly adjusting the three-point line, pushing it back. Uh, they outlaw the zone defense, and then they allow the zone defense. There's changes in sports all the time. 
But and, and, you know, we could talk about Major League Baseball with the extra inning rule. We could talk about the NFL adjusting overtime. We could talk about the NHL adjusting overtime. We could talk about the NHL with the two-line pass and the neutral zone and, and, and you know, bringing it back and all that stuff. The crease, the trapezoid, whatever. Sports change rules all the time. The NFL, though, adjusting the, the extra point, which was a, like a 97 98% play to where it is now, to, and this was by far the, the first weekend that it loomed large like this. There was one weekend that there was like 10 misses or 11 misses, and that happened in the first year that the NFL moved it back. But since that, this has been the one where it really stood out. And it was just, it was incredible. And the missed kicks didn't stop there because that Packers-Bengals game had to have been the wildest finish that you have ever seen. There were five missed field goals in a row that had the opportunity to either take the lead or to win the game completely. Five straight missed field goals. And eventually, the Packers make the field goal, and they win in overtime 25-22, They cover the line. It went off at two and a half. It was at three. So depending on where you got it, Packers either covered or you got the push. Uh, Speaking of wild endings, the Lions get a fumble recovery late in the game, score the touchdown, go for the two-point conversion, take the lead. The Vikings down 17-16. We're going to lose the game outright. Everyone's survivor pool was going to get lit up with the Vikings losing because they were the top consensus pick in survivor pools. And what happens? The Vikings get the football back with 37 seconds left. And here's the plays. A 21-yard completion to Adam Thielen and a timeout. A six-yard completion to Westbrook and then a timeout. A 19-yard completion to Thielen, spike the football, and then a 54-yard Greg Joseph field goal to win the game. The Lions are 0-5, and they are losing in heartbreaking fashion. They lose to the Ravens on a record-breaking last-second field goal. They lose to the Vikings now on a last-second field goal. Credit this team for fighting. Credit this team for covering the spread. But the potential to eliminate nearly half of your survivor pool probably (laughs) didn't happen as the Vikings escape with the victory. Just absolutely wild. Uh, Speaking of another team that was a popular pick, the Titans. Titans going up against the Jaguars. I talked about it all week. The Jaguars were an auto-fade for me. And the Titans were one of my Circa Millions picks. Why? Because I thought with everything going on this week, there was going to be a lack of football preparation for the Jacksonville Jaguars because every conversation surrounding them had to do with the Urban Meyer situation. The players answering questions about it. 
him answering questions about his job security. So much distraction with this Jaguars team that I just felt the Titans coming off their loss against the Jets, getting, you know, A.J. Brown back on the field, that they would go out there and they would handle their business against a much weaker opponent. Uh, It's an important game for their standings, and they did exactly that. 37-19 was the final. In this game, Ryan Tannehill threw for 197 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry rushed for 130 yards and three scores. A.J. Brown didn't even matter that he played in this one. He had three catches for 38 yards. But uh, the Jaguars just were no match for the Titans. Titans win, and now Jacksonville has lost 20 straight games. 20 straight games. The Jaguars have lost. Think about that. Think about that. We will continue to recap a wild Sunday in the NFL, including a trend that had been undefeated for, it seems, almost a thousand times. But it lost on Sunday. I'll tell you about that trend coming up next. But first, let me tell you about Indeed. Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We will continue to recap a wild Sunday in the NFL. Look ahead to the future lines. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN is now available 24-7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24-7 on FUBU TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit vsin.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to VSIN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can follow along on Twitter at ScottsOnAir and at Sin Live, recapping a wild Sunday in the NFL. We'll take a look at the coming lines for week six just a little bit, but let me tell you about this historic loss by the Cleveland Browns in what was an incredible game, a shootout between the Chargers and the Browns. Chargers win 47-22. They cover the small line, the over. I think it hits because the Chargers got the over by themselves. I can't believe it was only 47 between these two high-powered offenses, but let's take a look at this for historic purposes. The Browns scored 42 points. They had 532 yards with zero turnovers. They're the first team in NFL history, including the playoffs, to lose when having either 40 points and zero turnovers or 40 points, 500 yards and zero turnovers. The first time a team has put up those numbers and lost in the history of the NFL, including the playoffs. That is absolutely wild. And the Chargers, what a performance by them. What a performance. I was talking to somebody earlier before the show. My fantasy matchup was won just by three players in the Chargers. Just by Herbert Eckler and Mike Williams, who were absolutely incredible. Herbert threw for 398 yards 
He had four touchdowns. He also rushed for a touchdown. Austin Eckler had 66 yards, two touchdowns. He also had a receiving touchdown. And Mike Williams, you think this guy went over his receiving yardage prop? Eight catches, 165 yards, and two touchdowns for Mike Williams. For Cleveland, all of their stats were incredible as well. Baker Mayfield, 305 passing yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Nick Chubb had 161 rushing yards and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt had 61 rushing yards and two touchdowns. David Njoku had 149 yards and a touchdown. Just a ridiculous offensive performance. Any little props that you did in that game, they probably all went over, and the game certainly goes over. So the Chargers, they improved now to 4-1 and and look like one of the teams to beat in the AFC. And, you know, it's crazy. If the playoffs started today the Cleveland Browns would not be in it at 3-2. and two. And their only losses this season were, you know, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs in a wild game, 33-29, and losing to this Chargers team in this wild back-and-forth game. That Those are their only two losses. Those are the probably two best losses this season in the NFL. So it's it's crazy to think. I'm sure that there will be wins that they'll rack up. This is a very good Browns team, and they'll find themselves in the playoff picture. But it's just ironic that if the season ended right now, they would be the eighth team. So they would not make the, uh, the wild card. They would not be the seventh seed. They would be the eighth seed in the AFC. Elsewhere in this incredibly wild uh, Sunday, Welcome to the NFL, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was everyone's darling for Offensive Rookie of the Year, the tight end from Florida who was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. But he really hadn't done anything until this this game. The Falcons taking on the Jets in London. Kyle Pitts has nine catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. And before you say, okay, he's put himself now in this race because, you know, Mac Jones is really not really doing much, but... The guy who is doing much, Jamar Chase. After a down performance, Jamar Chase in that wild game between the Packers and the Bengals, six catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. Jamar Chase putting himself, uh, solidifying himself, if you will, in terms of the offensive rookie of the year. You know, he's got to be the guy that you would consider to win that award. He is the third rookie to record five receiving touchdowns within his team's first five games since 1990. The other two rookies were Calvin Ridley and Randy Moss. So Jamar Chase having an incredible start to the season. Uh, oh, speaking of that historic uh, Browns loss, as I mentioned, um, teams that put up those numbers, 40 points and zero turnovers, were 463-0. and And if it was 500 yards, it's 72-0. So I mentioned it's the first time in NFL history that's happened, uh, but those are the numbers to back it up. 463-0, uh, 40 points, and zero turnovers. Speaking of uh, you know big-time numbers put up today, Antonio Brown, he reached 900 career receptions today. Um, he accomplishes it in 143 games. That's the fastest that anyone has done that in NFL history, surpassing Marvin Harrison, who did it in 149 games. And uh, Brown's second reception... He had a 62-yard touchdown. That was Tom Brady's 
45th career 50-yard touchdown pass tied for the third most in NFL history. So, you know, just more records that uh, Tom Brady is breaking this season. So congratulations to Tom Terrific, the Tampa Bay Bucks. They cover a large number against the Miami Dolphins. They win 45-17. One of the more heartbreaking finishes, if you were on a certain side in this Week 5 slate, was the Eagles and Panthers. The Panthers were a very popular pick uh, in contests. I'll get to the exact number, but they were the one of the top consensus picks, certainly in the Circa Survivor, Circa, not Survivor, Circa Millions contest. The Panthers were picked by, let's see, 1,158 entries. That was good for 1,158. That is, in fact, the number one consensus pick on the board was the Panthers minus three. The Panthers were winning the entire game. They had a 3-0 lead. They had a 10-3 lead. They had a 13-3 lead. They had a 15-3 lead. There was a safety where they almost recovered it for a touchdown, but the ball squeaked out of the back of the end zone, so it winds up being a safety. So they had a 15-3 lead. The Eagles got a field goal at the end of the half to make it 15-6. And then the Panthers go punt, punt, interception, punt on their first four possessions in the second half. The Eagles finally get a touchdown. It's 15-13. Panthers get a field goal to make it 18-13, and then the Eagles turn it over on downs. At this point, there is five minutes and 35 seconds left in the game. The Falcons, excuse me, the, the, the Panthers are just trying to run clock, milk as much time as they can before giving the ball back to the Eagles. They go three and out, and on the punt, It gets blocked. The Eagles recover the punt. Four plays later, they're in the end zone. They score the two-point conversion. It's now 21-18. to But the Panthers, if you back them, you still had a chance. You still had a chance because all they needed to do was tie the game. Tie the game, force overtime, or maybe get the ball back and and get a game-winning field goal. You can at least push. The three. You still were alive. But what happened? Sam Darnold throws an interception, and that's the game. Panthers couldn't stop Philly from getting a first down and getting the ball back, despite Philly's best chances to give them the ball back. It seemed at the end that, like, Miles Sanders had the the Panthers as one of his contest picks because he kept running out of bounds, stopping the clock. All he has to do is stay in bounds. The game's over. He's running out of bounds and stopping the clock for the Panthers. But they take him out of the game. They put in the backup running back. They wind up getting the first down. Game is over. The Eagles, the only time they had the lead was with two minutes and 38 seconds left in the game. And so if you had Panthers minus the three, which 
most people in the Circa Millions contest had it's the it was the number one consensus pick in Circa Millions. Panthers minus three. If you had it, tough loss because they were covering the whole day. That's just absolutely brutal. Uh, we'll we'll find out things from a books perspective coming up next. Dwayne Colucci. The sportsbook manager over at Rampart Race and Sportsbook will join me. I'll ask him about some of the things in the NFL that happened. We'll get into some college football odds as well because it's interesting. One of the top dogs lost, but odds didn't really change that much. Get into that next. I'm Scott Seidenberg here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you, the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Happy to be joined now by Dwayne Colucci, the Sportsbook Manager at Rampart Race and Sportsbook. Dwayne, it was a Certainly an exciting week five in the NFL. I just got done last segment talking about the Panthers game because that was one of the uh, top consensus picks in the, in, in the contest. Uh, and what a wild game it was because the Panthers were covering the entire game. The only lead the Eagles had was at the end when they wound up winning it. What was the top consensus play that you guys had over there at Rampart? Well, there were a lot of plays, i tell you the truth, Scott. The public did actually well. Uh, at my shop and the South Point. Naturally, the Raiders are always a focal point. That was one of the few games that we were able to get ahead on the public. Uh, you know, like you were discussing, definitely Carolina. That was a huge game. And just, uh, you know, the way they played in the second half, it was so bad. Donald with the two picks, several punts. Like you said, the Eagles, they couldn't put the ball in. And they had the lead only for a couple of minutes in the whole game. So that definitely was a focal game. We had some great two-way action on the Cincinnati-Green Bay game. You know, we actually had the Sharps picking up the three and a half on Cincinnati that we opened it at, at the Rampart and South Point, it got bad all the way down to two and a half. So that was a rough game for the books because you actually had both sides, uh, you know, cashing on that game. Uh, the Browns and Chargers, there was some excellent two-way action on that. And like we spoke about, San Francisco was popular with the public this week, uh, but the Cowboys were huge as well. The ticket right there and the money and the ticket count was like about 5-1 to one on Dallas. Wow. So that was a huge game. Yeah, we got crushed on that game. And, you know, the Giants, they, a lot of injuries there, Scott, if you watch that game. Saquon, Jones, Galladay, all these guys are hurt. It's like a triage unit for the Giants. And moving forward in the season, you have to keep your eye on that, especially from our side of the counter. You know, when the focal players are hurt, we have to make line adjustments, definitely. Yeah, well, that's wild. Uh, What about the Titans game? You know, the Jaguars have lost 20 straight now. Uh, And uh, listen, I, I I put the Jaguars on my auto fade list with everything going on with Urban Meyer. Uh, were the Titans a heavily bet public team today? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. That was another game, like you said, Scott. You know, just because of the Urban Meyer uh, parody, all that was going on with him possibly losing the locker room, that was huge. And, you know, a lot of Titan backers, despite Julio Jones not playing, but Henry just was unstoppable Mm -hmm. once again. And this guy just, you know, 130 yards, three touchdowns. (laughs) You're not going to win a game when you can't stop this bowling ball. And he is possibly, uh, I I will say, he is the top runner in the NFL. And he's starting to gain stride again. And Jacksonville is so poor, like you said, 20 losses in a row. I mean, Tannehill only had 197 passing yards. Lawrence had a way better game than he did. But it just doesn't seem like they could put it together. I don't know if Myers' coaching style is uh, being perceived well by his locker room and his players also with all that stuff going on it's really tough to bet jacksonville right now and it's hard to believe you know a few years back fournette was running all over the steelers and this was really a a solid team moving forward and now it's like they've taken so many steps back so uh you know you have to keep your eye a lot of people now on social media scott are saying that urban Meyer might not even make it to next week wow I find that hard to believe. I think he will be the coach, but, you know, if he keeps uh, messing up, you have to keep your eye on that. And they're definitely a fade, like you said, right now. I could see the public doing it, and we'll make the adjustments from the book side. Uh, speaking of adjustments from the book side, the Kansas City Chiefs, another loss, and you got to imagine that the the future market is certainly going to change on them. How much, though, are you going to adjust those lines on the Chiefs? Because even if you drop them down, you would expect that the public would still get on them because of the reputation and because of how well they've been the past couple of seasons. Yeah, definitely. And Mahomes is very flashy, Scott. But you have to take into consideration now what I'm looking at. The upcoming schedule is going to get really difficult, and they have to be healthy. Uh, You saw the running back go down tonight, uh, Edwards Alaire. That was a massive injury, the knee injury, they're saying. Hopefully he'll be back in a few weeks. But you look at the upcoming games, they have to play the football team, Washington next. Tennessee should be able to beat the Giants, but then you go on a tough stretch, Scott. Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, Denver, and Raiders again. So they have a very, very tough schedule. And when you look at a team like Buffalo, I was looking at their schedule. They have upcoming games against Miami, Jacksonville, easy wins, basically, and the Jets. So uh, definitely we're going to make some adjustments, but you can't raise them too high. They're still a marquee powerhouse team. You know, a lot of mistakes tonight. Refs were throwing the flags all around. There were some bad calls late in the game, if you ask me, especially that uh, roughing the passer call. Uh, Buffalo, though, took advantage. Credit to their defense. They were all over the field tonight. They shut down Hill. They shut down Kelsey. They were hitting Kelsey, uh, you know, high, late. Uh, Definitely going to be interesting to see how Buffalo finishes up the season because they look like they're definitely a top three team right now, in my opinion. And the Chiefs, yeah, will make some adjustments, but not too severe, Scott, like you said, because you're still going to have the public back them. You don't want to have a severe liability on Patrick Mahomes. He is capable of so many things. I think they have to focus on the defense, though. The defense looks weak in some spots, and they do have tough games, like we said, especially in two weeks against Tennessee there. That's going to be difficult to stop Henry, and if Jones is healthy, they're going to have to mix it up and uh, definitely change some things on the defensive side of the ball. Dwayne, let me take you to college football. Alabama loses, but... The, their odds for, to win the national title 
at most books still have have not been adjusted that much. You know, Georgia overtakes them as the favorite. But how far did you drop Alabama in terms of their odds to win the national championship? Do you still have them as the first or second favorite to win it all? Yeah, definitely. You know, we're going to make the adjustments, but they're, they're still a solid football team. Their defense is lacking a little. They, they're going to be, you know, ranked five right now. And you know how it is with the SEC. Uh, they always have a chance, Scott. And, you know, they don't play Georgia in the regular season, so that'll be a massive matchup. And if they could ever beat them in the championship uh, or get to the championship game, that'll definitely be a focal game and possibly the game of the year. We're going to really see how Kentucky is this week. You know, that's the big matchup in the SEC. You have two undefeated teams coming up. But Alabama is definitely still a solid, solid team. They're 3-0 and at home. They just have to correct their defense. Uh, I didn't like the way Saban called the game uh, either the other night, Scott. I thought he made a lot of mental errors, and that's so uncharacteristic of Nick Saban. But you look at the teams ahead of them outside of Georgia, you know, they definitely could compete with teams like Iowa. Cincinnati looks really good now. You know, they got uh, past the two big hurdles. They should be able to run the table after the Indiana and Notre Dame victories. Uh, that blowout uh, this week was just massive. I mean, they laid a vicious beating on Temple. So you have some good teams. Oklahoma was life and death. We saw that. Hmm. Alabama is still going to be a top three team, though. Definitely when it's, uh, you know, you take the futures market into consideration at the Rampart and South Point, they're going to take a lot of money, and they're always a team to watch. All those SEC teams, when they're in the hunt, are definitely favored by us bookmakers above these other conferences because of the strength of schedule. And, you know, I just think Georgia is just fabulous this year, and they're really going to have to have some injuries or something to derail that freight train. I mean, they just look so good. And if Alabama could get a victory against them in the title game, uh, if that materializes, that definitely would put them once again in the top. Dwayne, we got about a minute or so left. I know you're a big hockey guy, so I want to ask you about the Golden Knights. They're one of the top two, three favorites to win the Cup this season. Have you seen an increased handle on the just the people that are coming in to bet the Knights ever since that first season, especially the success that they had in the first season? Are they one of the more, if not the most popularly bet team in the futures market for hockey? Oh, yeah, definitely, especially at the Rampart and South Point. And like you said, such a, a good, solid showing last year. Despite the COVID, you know, they played Montreal to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. That was just a fabulous series. Uh, like you said, the first season, the Cup run, they're definitely a focal point. 250, uh, two and a half to one to win the conference at the Rampart and South Point right now. Five to one to win the Stanley Cup. And everybody on the West Coast just loves that, or especially in Las Vegas, that Colorado-Las Vegas possible matchup. You know, we saw it. Uh, we see how it plays out all the time. Colorado also two and a half to one to win the conference, five to one to win the Stanley Cup. They both actually have shorter odds than the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have repeated <laughs> at my shop and at the South Point. So, yeah, Vegas, it, they've been. I always say it, Scott, in my shop, we have a lot of older clientele and so many new faces just to come in, bet five, ten bucks on the Golden Knights. <laughs> it's increased NHL handle uh, throughout the town. Each and every book 
definitely has an increased handle on the NHL now because of the Vegas Golden Knights. They're just so popular. They're an original team, Scott. Yep. They're Vegas born. They're the Vegas team. That's, that's amazing. Vegas on Vegas. But <laughs> no, Dwayne, it's not. amazing when the season starts on Tuesday. Thanks so much for joining yeah. me. I appreciate it. I will talk to you soon. Dwayne Colucci from the Rampart Race and Sportsbook Manager there. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. 
When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus, Zinn can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zinn wherever you are. Zinn's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell, plus it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your every day. Also, Zinn comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zinn contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21 and over. Learn more and find your local retailer at Zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's a look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And was talking to Dwayne Colucci. We, we left off talking about hockey. We will get into hockey coming up. Uh, Andy McNeil will join us coming up this week. We got the hockey betting guide out on VSIN, and the season starts on Tuesday, which is absolutely incredible to think uh, that the NHL season is here. We'll get into that plenty coming up this week. We also asked them about the college football futures. And looking at the odds right now, and I'm looking on DraftKings, Georgia is your favorite to win the national championship at plus 125. It makes sense. They're the number one team in the country. They're undefeated. Uh, They overtake Alabama in that top spot. And projecting ahead, they're going to be favored in every game they play for the remainder of the season, with maybe the exception of the SEC championship game. Although, looking at that Alabama loss and then projecting an Alabama-Georgia matchup in the SEC title game, maybe that game, maybe Georgia is a favorite in that game. Maybe they are. But Alabama is your second favorite at plus 220. Ohio State is next at plus 800, Oklahoma plus 1,500, Iowa plus 2,000, Cincinnati plus 2,500. Then you get some other big tent. You get Michigan and uh, Oregon, Michigan State, Penn State, moving on forward. Uh, right now, I can tell you who the college football playoff is going to be. The SEC winner is getting into the college football playoff, no matter who it is. And the only way that it's not getting in is if, Alabama loses another game and somehow still wins the SEC. I don't know how that happens, though, because Alabama's 2-1 and one in conference. If they were to lose another game, they would be 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Ole Miss can finish 1-1. One one. Ole Miss can finish with one loss. Um, Auburn, I guess, can finish with... No, Auburn would finish with uh, one loss. I guess maybe if Alabama loses to Auburn, let's say that final game of the year. Um, or Alabama loses to Arkansas, and they have two losses, and then you can get a two-loss team, whether it's Alabama or some or, or or Auburn or even Ole Miss, you know, whatever. 
you get a team like that that can go into the SEC title game and then upset Georgia, and then the SEC champ's not going to get in. It's not going to happen. Alabama's going to get be favored in every game they play the rest of the season. If they win, they'll face Georgia in the SEC title game. The winner of that game is getting in, even if it's a one-loss Alabama team. Georgia, with their only loss being to Alabama, has a very good shot to get in. I would give it a 70% chance to get in. Maybe even 75% chance to get in. Now, the Big Ten champ's going to be in. And you could have a situation where it's undefeated Iowa going up against one loss Ohio State or one loss you know, Michigan, maybe undefeated Michigan. The Big Ten champ is getting in. And then undefeated Oklahoma is going to get in. Now, Oklahoma survived a massive scare against Texas, and they have shown their warts. But perhaps benching Spencer Rattler and moving to Caleb Williams could be the spark that this team needs to move forward. Oklahoma will be favored in every game they play for the remainder of the season. Home against TCU, at Kansas, home against Texas Tech, at Baylor, home against Iowa State, and then on the road at Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State's undefeated right now. We'll see what happens by the time they get to Bedlam. But if Oklahoma runs the table, and that does include a rematch with whomever in the Big 12 title game, and right now, it could be Oklahoma State. Those two teams could play back-to-back weeks. It could wind up being Texas. We could see these two teams again play each other in the Big 12 title game. But if Oklahoma goes through their schedule undefeated, they are in. The debate then becomes, does an undefeated Cincinnati team get in over a one-loss SEC team? If Alabama loses to Georgia... In the SEC championship game, Alabama's not getting in with two losses. A two-loss team has never made the college football playoff. But right now, I, I see five, six teams competing for four spots. Because what if I told you, and now this is the dilemma, and, and we always root for chaos. But what if Iowa goes into the Big Ten championship game undefeated? And the remainder of their schedule, they host Purdue, they're at Wisconsin, they're at Northwestern, they host Minnesota, they host Illinois, they're at Nebraska. Let's say they go into the Big Ten championship game undefeated, and they lose to Ohio State. Or, let's say they lose to an undefeated Michigan or an undefeated Michigan State. Because that could happen. The Big Ten East right now is by far the best division in college football. You have four teams in the top ten in the Big Ten East. Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Michigan, and Michigan State are all in the top ten. Those teams will all play each other. It's going to start in two weeks. Michigan, Michigan State is on the 30th. Michigan State, Ohio State is on the 20th. Michigan State, Penn State is on the 27th the same day as Ohio State-Michigan on the 27th. So 
you have it start not this week, next week, because Penn State, Ohio State's on the 30th. So the gauntlet will start, the round robin, if you will, will start on the 30th. It'll be the 30th will be the big day, the 20th will be the big day, and then the 27th. But what if? What if there is an undefeated team from the East and an undefeated team in the West? Do both teams get into the college football playoff? If Michigan goes undefeated and Iowa beats them in the Big Ten title game, does one loss Michigan deserve to get in or undefeated Cincinnati? You see, these are the debates that you're going to have to happen. What if it's one loss Ohio State and they beat undefeated Iowa? Does Iowa deserve to get in? You got to wonder, at some point, they're, they're going to compare losses. And yes, I know Ohio State lost to Oregon. But what if Oregon wins out the remainder of their schedule? They win the Pac-12. Now that loss doesn't look so bad. You lost to the Pac-12 champ. And in college football, as we know, it's happened over the years. It's better to lose early than to lose late. The late losses sway the committee more than the early losses. So Ohio State losing to Oregon, it hurt a couple of weeks ago. But if Ohio State then beats Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, and then Iowa, no one will care about their loss to Oregon. Those wins will make up for that one loss, and they will be in the college football playoff. The Big Ten champs in. That's a lock. So now it's just a matter of which non-conference champion is going to get into the college football playoff. Because you'll have SEC champ, you'll have hopefully undefeated Big 12 champ, and one loss or potentially undefeated Big 10 champ. Which non-conference champion is getting in? And does Cincinnati have a shot? Right now they're ranked third, but I honestly don't think that the committee would put Cincinnati in over any of those other teams. So I think that it's fair that Cincinnati's plus 2,500. I mean, the best odds to me on this board, the team that I would bet is Ohio State at plus 800. Maybe Oklahoma at plus 1,500, because those are the teams that I think will get in that have these long odds. So that's where I would place my bets on We will take a look ahead to week six NFL lines coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.